following episode most likely contains graphic language, details of violence, and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Your discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 41 of the True Crime Podcast, Murder With My Mother, where I talk murder with my mother. This bitch right here. This bitch right here. (laughs) Well, 41... Super, not that surprised because fuck. We had to, I know a lot of you guys, Felicia, I'm sorry. We were supposed to drop an episode last week, but me and my whole family contracted the death flu that is going around. So, not me though. No, I'm pretty sure Kiana got it from, and don't judge me, everybody, but she, I'm pretty sure she licked a shopping cart when we were out. Nice. <sighs> yeah, so kids, but you know, life I'm of a mother. I'm not about to judge your parenting. Yeah, no, because I, I know. You, <laughs> you probably had a great immune system when you were little from licking absolutely everything. everything. Yeah, someone was talking about poison control the other day and I started laughing. I was like, oh, my mom had a good relationship with poison yeah. control. Poison control knew me. <laughs> You're lucky that you even lived with me for very long. <laughs> that I even lived through under five, but that's fine. Yeah. It gave me character. A lot, actually. But yeah, so you guys know, obviously, we like to start with some current events, but we don't really have anything. Like, there's a lot of shit globally going on. And I I could say that I was had a bit of a stalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's That's a a current event. I mean, it's not current anymore. (laughs) But okay, as you guys know, the last episode, you would think that someone would refrain from internet dating, maybe for like, you know, at least a month (laughs) or two. But I was actually the opposite. It uh, encouraged me to go internet dating. Like, Ah, uh, you know, it's getting, my job's getting good now. I have a lot of free time. She's got a handle on the office life, yeah, on the so, boss life. So now it's like, huh, I'm a little bored. Maybe I'll try Bumble. So I did try Bumble and... How was Bumble? How's your uh, overall experience with Bumble minus the stalker? Uh, it, it was fine. It was it was good. Maybe we could get a sponsor <laughs> Bumble, Bumble is a Bumble, sponsor. do you want to sponsor Murder With My Mother? Because <laughs> we'll probably like take the stalker part out, but. Uh, I mean, I'm just hoping that the stalker doesn't watch this video and then become extra crazy, but. Well, it probably will. Oh, hi, stalker. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it was mom. actually kind of freaky because of the episode that we just recorded about. Liz Gollier? Yeah, Liz and, Liz and Dave and Dave inspired me to go get some action online and. Haven't been there yet, but inspired uh, a lot of people to buy some fitted sheets. I fucking <laughs> hope. Like, yeah. So I was just talking to someone casually. It hadn't even gotten flirty yet. And next thing you know, the red flags went up, and I had fifty messages in four hours. And then they were coming at like all hours of the night and day, four in the morning. Well, and the best was that you didn't even tell me you were internet dating, probably because. <laughs> and then she goes like, oh, my God, I have a stalker. And I'm like, you have a what? Like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, I've been internet dating. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, were you not there for the last episode? But no judgment. You know, this is a safe place. Well, when you get old, you need like a little excitement in your life. And yeah, I had I had some there. Yeah. <laughs> So it turned out that my stalker lived on my street, and then I had to phone the police about it because it was, yeah, it was next level. The best level. is, like, she was, like, saying stuff, like, like which I'm proud of you because right away, a lot of people are, are nervous about making other people feel uncomfortable, but mom has learned, you know, right away, she was like, look, 
I don't like this isn't going to go anywhere. You're not respecting my boundaries. You're clearly fucking (laughs) you didn't say like you're crazy, but he was like, like what? And he would reply like 50 (sighs) times and then say, I'm not weird. I'm not a weirdo. I'm not a weirdo. I'm not a weirdo. There's nothing in your case. there. (laughs) There's nothing like convincing someone you're not a weirdo by telling them several hundred times that you're not a weirdo. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Tune in next episode when <laughs> it'll we be murder with yeah. my brother because i'll be okay <laughs> yeah knock on wood no but yeah please be safe everybody mom you yeah really i mean safe. it did give me some more mom clear boundaries taser now yeah, so now i walk my dog with a taser <laughs> and bear spray yeah so that's good maybe i should have been doing that from the beginning well you know what i don't tell people any information at all and well, a good enough Stark will I find never, it out It themselves. never forced me to go off, though. So No, she never was that scared. <laughs> she's she's committed. So if you want to be on Bumble, look for mom. I, I just think that the main problem off on another tangent is that most people online are just looking to hook up. and Which isn't really a problem. I mean, it could be a problem. Well, it's not a problem unless you're not in that boat. No, exactly. Like, I'd like to hook up. Don't get me wrong. But, like, eventually. But I'd like to, like get to know maybe, you first maybe even maybe right away but like maybe just go do some activities in the middle of it like <laughs> just like pause in the not middle just of like it? get in someone's like hey i'm just gonna come to your hotel room with like meals on heels thank you very much hmm. no not into it whore dash yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're not a whore dash driver <laughs> that's kiana's service yeah boober eat that is me. your you should have it you should have a t-shirt that says that actually i should you should christmas get it. ideas but yeah, so that was yeah. about it for current events, yeah. but that's been over for a couple weeks now. So. Yeah, and again, PSA, mom has a taser that looks like a flashlight, <laughs> so if you see mom out with a flashlight, don't get too close. Yeah. But I'm hope- hopefully Oh, and dog- I have a 100-pound German Shepherd yeah, also. Yeah, I was going to say, your dog will hopefully deter people, but yeah, so mom's still alive. The stalker doesn't seem to be an issue right now, but yeah. Maybe after. Maybe after, after this, this episode, episode drops. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, nothing else really on the... For like I said, we've been dying for the last week. My whole household. I um, came to visit on Friday and literally poured myself a glass of wine and sat on the stairs yeah, like far, far away, away from everybody watching them all cough. And I was like, I can't even handle this anymore. I got to leave. Yeah. Well, and the best is like, I don't know why men somehow get it like way worse than everyone else in the entire family. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So man, cold. But yeah. So nothing else really. Um for everybody asking patreon i'm sorry i'm illiterate maybe i can get some (laughs) kind of help there but if um, i've had a couple people ask like how do i contribute how do i donate to the show first of all just by listening we love that so like us rate us subscribe to whatever you can um on all the apps and the platforms just rate us five stars and i love like people are starting to leave really cool comments i like it yeah there's some pretty cute funny people out there we love all of our fans even the ones that just say solid with the thumbs up (laughs) that was one of my favorites it's actually double thumbs up so that's cool um yeah we have like i said people are always reaching out it's cool because you see it kind of like progressing and like again we only just started this so that we could like hang out (laughs) uninterrupted and just I don't know talk like how we always talk so it's cool to watch it get where it's gotten that makes sense oh yeah it is cool to watch it get where it's gotten (laughs) 
<laughs> on one year's birthday. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, if you guys do want to donate, um, right now we're taking e-transfers because that's all I can figure out. Um, Murder with my mother podcast at gmail.com. Just send them there or don't. Like I said, we love you guys regardless. So yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll step in. Yep. See if the stalker wants to help. Yeah. Well, hey, stalker, <laughs> if you want to contribute. I guess it's not even funny. We shouldn't even make no, a joke it's not, about it. But I mean, what do you do? You have to laugh when, when <laughs> yeah, when your life's in danger. Yeah. That's kind of what we've always done, I guess. That's I guess, our, yeah. That's our, that's um, our fucked up psychology. <laughs> yeah. That's, we like to make jokes in uncomfortable situations, which mm. probably I'm going to blame you because, I mean. I did start the whole thing. Yeah. So. But today we have episode 41, as you guys know, and our case today, it actually, until May of this year, was unsolved. and For many years. For 13 years. Yeah. And I would one day like to do, I know a lot of people don't like unsolved. Honestly, for myself, I'll listen to fucking anything. But I do obviously always prefer there to be like an ending, justice, all that stuff. Um, but this case, like I said, I wanted to touch on it just because it's very reminiscent of not only my childhood or teenagehood, teenage years, but just... Also mine. Yes. <laughs> because I was also a precocious teenager. Because the apple doesn't far, fall that far from the tree. And really, we're but. about to have another apple that's ripening right now because yeah. Danica has a daughter and she already has the wild woman syndrome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more so than both of us. I did. really think because she's got that like Latin. I mean, I have it half, but like I have like that yeah. balance and she's like full, full Latin almost yeah. except for this piece of her. <laughs> yeah, this. Um, but yeah, I am already like probably going to go on a vacation from the time she's like 11 to like 16. I have <laughs> butterflies like, thinking about what you're going to go through. Like excited butterflies? No. Like laughing? Like ha ha ha. No. Like <laughs> reminiscent butterflies of like yeah. the way you were. And I think that you just have no idea until you're on the other side of it. Yeah. Well, the case today basically is... Oh, <laughs> That's you, motherfucker. Oh, every time. But anyway, the case today is very, there you go, it's on silent, is the case of the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. So she basically lied to her mom about where she was going for spring break. And <laughs> the thing is, I think as a, as a young teenager, you think you know what's best for yourself. And you think your parents are just against you and they're there to just make your life a boring piece of shit at the end of the day. You basically think everyone on the planet is beneath you at that yeah. age. Like yeah. when you have female hormones coursing through your body in puberty, mm. every single human is beneath you unless they want to get fucking drunk, <laughs> sneak out their window, <laughs> smoke on the roof. Yeah. Like, wow. This all sounds very... Yeah. <laughs> so you think... You think that everyone else doesn't know what they're talking about mm -hmm. and they're just put on the earth to annoy you. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds to me, and even even now when you hear Britney's parents talk about it, like she was definitely that girl. Yeah. And if you're anything like our family, we went through puberty a little bit younger than everybody else. So it's like literally I think by when did I put vodka? When did I do that? The water and the vodka. I would think I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. But it wasn't for me. It was for the boys next door that were drinking it. It wasn't even for me. But it's like, you know what I mean? It's doing that kind of stuff. 
And you think that at that time, when now, hindsight, 2020, you think that (laughs) your parents are doing all this, like I said, to make your life hell and shit and just boring and, you know, but it's because they want you to be, and in my case, my mom had done all this bad shit herself. She lived with my dad in a fucking foreign country when she was like 15 years old. Like, yeah. So, and I haven't lived with parents since I was 14 years old. Yeah. Well, because like, they were like fucking super <laughs> annoying and trying to tell me to come home. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Moving to South America. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, you get out of it if you're lucky, right? And now look, I mean, fuck, we're inseparable. And that's the reason. Like, I mean, I was such a teenager, as we'll talk about, but I also knew the dangers and mm. knew that I was lucky to have survived that. Yeah. And so I didn't want my child to go through the same thing, which in this case. Yeah, she wasn't lucky enough to come out of it, which is horrible. And then 13 years went by where her parents are having all these scenarios that could have happened. And that's the worst thing that can happen to you as a parent is something happening to your child. Exactly. So without further ado, we will get right into the case. So this is episode 41, The Disappearance of Brittany Drexel. So Brittany Drexel was born in Rochester, New York on October 7th, 1991. She's a Libra. Nice and balanced, just like mom. Yeah. She was the first and only child um, in the that was a result of a teenage love affair. Another pair of bad teenagers. Yep. Um, between her mother, Dawn, and her father, John, who, like I said, they're both teenagers. So the relationship, I mean, sometimes you see people have kids when they're teenagers and they're together for like the rest of their lives. I still have a friend couple that's still together. Yeah. From when we were teenagers. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a yeah. long time. Yeah, I'm really glad that that's not my case. Oh God. But anyway, so they separated when Brittany was like super young. She, I don't think even, I think she was like, like six a baby. months old yeah. or something. And that was probably like tumultuous, you know, teenagers, right? You Being a parent's hard at any age. When you're a teenager, like, let me tell you, I had Kyrs eight days before I turned 20. And let me tell you, that was even like, you know, it's a lot. So anyway, the dad ended up moving away. He moved to Florida. And the mom did it on her own. But when she was, when Brittany was two, she met someone named Chad Drexel. And she ended up marrying him. And he ended up adopting Brittany. And he was a great dad to Brittany. Mm-hmm. And they ended up having a couple more kids together. Yeah. And they were just pretty much a normal family after that. Mm-hmm. And so Chad was in the military. So he, everybody knows, when you're in the military, you move around a lot. So yeah. finally, when his service ended, the family settled in Chai Lai. New York, which I thought was chilly, but then you listen to it. Like I've watched, obviously, did all the research, and everyone says Chai Lai, which I think they should have spelled it differently, but who am I? Brittany was said <laughs> to have always been the center of attention, and she had lots of energy, and she was always, you see videos of her, and she's like dancing and singing yeah, and performing. Yeah, and from a very, very young mm-hmm. age, and I actually have those videos of you also. Yeah. It, but like so annoying, like <laughs> you're just trying to watch, like watch me, watch yeah. me, watch me. I yeah. do like, yeah. You, and Brittany was very much like that. Yeah, and I think that that's also, she was the oldest child, and I think when you're an only child for a while, like Kierce is very, <laughs> Kierce is very much like that too. Where he's like, watch what I'm doing. What am I can like, you know, look what always- I can do. Yeah, exactly. So she was also really athletic and she was really into soccer. And super cute. Yeah. Very super cute. cute. Yeah. yeah. And as she got older though, um, life, as life happens, you know, stuff starts to happen to you and you get, you know, a little more 
jaded about things and her parents so chad and her mom actually separated when she was uh, i think it was about 15 or 16 because um I mean, that's hard for anyone to go through. Especially a teenager that's just, you know, in the mode of Mm self-discovery and your emotions are running wild. And then I think a lot of people I know when they separate, when their children are preteens and teens, it makes the kids a lot more wild. Yeah. Well, because the pain is coming out. trauma, right? Yeah. Yeah, And you guys know murder with my mother. We love to talk about trauma and that's what happens. And I mean, I never had that because you and my dad separated very early and so I always knew like okay uh, you're my mom you had you know you had dated guys and stuff but whatever it was never anything that would like it wasn't your family didn't break up my family did break up when I was 11 and I was all of a sudden my parents who had been together since teenagers I didn't have any rules or anything Mm -hmm. and that that was probably a big part of why I went so crazy at a young age yeah and also your mom and your dad were like you have to think they probably also went a little crazy too because oh. they're together from when they're so young. You're it's like, like peace out, kids. We're going to the bar. <laughs> and Grandpa's like, I'm going to get married again. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But uh, yeah, so Brittany also was actually diagnosed with um, it's called where is it? Persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous, which made her blind in her right eye. So to hide that, she actually wore contacts. So if you look at pictures of Britney, she had a very, her appearance was very like, whoa, distinctive. You know, you can see, which if you look at my grade eight yearbook picture, I also have contacts on and a really choppy layer mullet. So (laughs) you can see that. And bottom eyeliner on the inside. So much bottom eyeliner. At least it wasn't the fucking ramen noodle scrunch. My hair is this straight. So if you're going to ramen noodle scrunch it, like, which for everyone listening, it's so fucking straight that... You can't curl it with gel like that. So anyway, yes, thank you. So um, she was actually also said to struggle with depression. And obviously your parents separating is not going to make your depression any easier. So she had actually been off of school and not um, just her her mom had been fighting a lot. Yeah, a lot. And they were fighting leading up to all of this happening because Mm -hmm. she kept begging and begging and begging her mom to go on a vacation for spring break to Myrtle Beach to Myrtle Beach which is we didn't even know like we were like oh yeah Myrtle Beach must be pretty close 14 hours away (laughs) like no fucking wonder she doesn't want you to go there and another thing is too she had been wanting to go and her mom said like well I would have let you go I would let you go but I don't know the people you're going with yeah she had no idea they were older kids yeah and there's no adult supervision which obviously you know your kids the best like she probably knows that Brittany is a was like a really fun time but sometimes (laughs) as one person at this table knows when your kids really fun (laughs) and really drunk all the time which I was it's, it, it's worrisome because yeah. you put yourself in situations which sometimes can be unsafe. So More than sometimes, yeah. most of the time. Her mom said, fuck no, you're yeah. not you're going not to going. Myrtle Beach. Don't ask no. me again. And she asked every day and every time, you know, why, why, why? Because you don't hear because I'm, I'm learning that maybe that ears don't actually come with kids because yeah. Kears will ask me the same thing. And I said, no, Kears. But, you know, not no, because I said so. It's like, no. And you explain why, which I'm sure her mom, again, said, we don't know these kids. We don't, 
it's Myrtle Beach. It's 14 hours away. Like, that's enough. It's like, And, hey, and her know. dad had come back into her life mm-hmm. a couple years previous. Which uh, also could probably be. Which, yeah, and I think he was also kind of like Disneyland dad. Like, when you see mm. him talking, he was like, he didn't see her until she was around 16 years old from the yeah. time she was a baby. And then he would fly in to see her or fly her to see him and just take her shopping mm-hmm. and do all this fun stuff. Yeah. Which... She was probably like, my mom is such a fucking bitch right now. Yeah, but my dad, my dad so is fun. awesome. Yeah, so and that can happen too, right? Disneyland dads now, Instagram dads, you know, snap a couple pictures with your kid, and but parenting is much more than that. It's the time, and it's all the woes, right? It's the the bad, like the sh- the uncomfortable shit you have to work through as a parent, right? And again when your daughter is pretty old and you're not that old either yourself, like it can be like, we could have a full episode on the bad shit you did that people would probably leave people more traumatized than half the cases that we do. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) We'll just give you guys like a little tidbit into this one, but I got it out of my system pretty early, but then I got like bad in like a different way after that. But anyway, so instead of going to Myrtle beach, because she wasn't allowed to go to Myrtle beach, she, (sighs) yeah. Ugh. She asked her mom if she could spend a couple nights at a girlfriend's house to kind of cool down. Yeah, to cool down and like because they had been fighting a lot. So her mom actually spoke to a parent on the phone. Yeah, because she said, you know, okay, you can go, but only if I can talk to their mom, which typical, right? And so she said, okay. So she spoke to someone's mom, which this sounds. I mean, okay, I did this a couple times, but my favorite was three waying, three way calling. From usually it was Fro's house. Fro would be home. I would be out. The best is that you guys get to find out this stuff at the same time mom does, which is really fun for me. Um, <laughs> but I would call Fro from my cell phone. Fro would pick her house phone up and call you three way. So then on your call caller phone. ID, it would show up that I was at Fro's house. And then I would fucking just fuck off and go wherever I wanted Sleep to. Sleep in a field. Sleep in a field there's a million other things that are on my mind right now but you know what thinking about it it's like i'm so like luckily, <laughs> your heart should be beating fast it is also. it's like oh my god especially when you hear this case i know and that's the thing right it's like oh god and you just it makes you think about like wow i'm so lucky that i survived all that stuff that yeah. i did because some people are not that lucky so uh Brittany actually also had a boyfriend named john and it was kind of like a tumultuous like again if she's going through all this stuff obviously it's going to show in all areas of her life. And a lot of first relationships are like that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of first relationships are power struggles and people learning boundaries and your first sexual relationship That's probably. Why I was just going to say. All of that stuff mm-hmm. leads to a bit of psychosis on both sides. Well, and more like, you know, you've never been heated like that. And, yeah. You know, so anyway, <clears throat> Brittany, unbeknownst to her mom, arrived in Myrtle Beach with these girls that she didn't really know. And she kept calling her mom. Like, she kept the act up the whole time, which, again, <laughs> seems very, very familiar. Just, yeah. um, so she played the part. She said, like, oh, hey, mom, we're just at my, you know, we're at my girlfriend's house. We're, we're just going to watch movies tonight. We might go to the beach tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she was, like, even dropping it so close to, like, telling the truth. Like, when I go to the beach, she's like, what beach? Yeah, Where, she, you're in New York. She's like, that's what they call the lake. Yeah. And it, then it's like, you know, like, yeah. pull it back, pull it back. But... Her mom trusted her. She said, I didn't have any reason to not trust her. I, t- I spoke to oh. the girl's mom, which I remember one time when my stepdad was like, 
I was like, I'm going to go sleep here at Sydney's house. And then he spoke to Sandy, who was really Estelle, and we did some ecstasy. And it was like, <laughs> high on ecstasy, trying to watch her, you know, like pretend to be someone's, to be someone's and, mom. Oh, fuck. But I think I got busted for that like the next day. Well, because I knew I was you. Super, like, super hungover. Yeah, I was probably still awake. But anyway, um, the girls that she went down to Myrtle Beach with, they didn't really know each other too well. And apparently there was a little bit of tension. And um, from what I can pick up, Brittany maybe took one of the girl's clothes. <laughs> Something was happening there. And um, she actually had a friend there named Peter. He was a club promoter. And he was a couple years older than Brittany. But Brittany had known him for like three or four years from back home. So he was down there too. And I guess the night before something had happened, she left her flip-flops in Peter's car or something. <laughs> or just I mean, on the road or whatever. Probably, right? So again, mixing alcohol when you're young and you put yourself in all these situations that yeah. are not not super safe. So um, he said that Brittany actually walked, and there's footage, this is the last footage of Brittany. She was at the um, Blue Water Resort on Ocean Boulevard. So this was April 25th. And so this was the last time she was seen, and it was in front of the resort. So you see her at 8 o'clock, around 8 o'clock, getting there into the lobby. In bare feet. In bare feet, into the lobby. And then you see around 8.45 her leaving. So that there's footage of her outside there, then that's the last footage of her. And it's right in the parking lot of the Blue Water Marina. And at the same time, the whole time she'd been gone, she had been texting with her boyfriend, like, at a pretty great rate of speed like yeah. just like a normal teenager mm -hmm. and then around that time she just stopped answering her boyfriend yeah so she stopped texting her boyfriend john back at 8 58 the last text message she said was i'm pack i'm going back packing and going to bed and he said like why you know like you're just gonna it's your last night in myrtle beach you're gonna just go to yeah. bed because obviously i think there had like i said there had been tension between um her the girls she was staying with so after 30 minutes, which doesn't seem like that long, but if you have a teenager yeah. or if you have been a teenager, which... Or if you're a jealous boyfriend and your girlfriend doesn't text you back in 30 minutes, yeah. you're like... You're like, <gasps> what the fuck? So he started texting her saying, if you don't text me back, I'm going to text your mom. And, and I'm then still her. nothing. Still nothing. So, so then he knew, like, if she's not going to care if I text oh, her mom... Something's she's, wrong. Yeah. She's obviously, you know, something is wrong. So he called her mom and he told her mom hey, Brittany's really in Myrtle Beach. And she was like, what the fuck? She freaked out, yeah. which I now understand. You'll see. No, I understand. And I'm just like, like, <laughs> but. And then her, didn't she call the dad right away? Yeah, she called the dad and they both basically made their way to Myrtle Beach. 14 hour drive. Like, I hope maybe they flew because. Well, I think, imagine he, that, I think it was hours? the real dad, wasn't it? Yeah, they were and kind of Chad, coming though, from, too. Oh, all of them. Yeah, because Chad raised her, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he loved was a her. Real dad. That was her dad, right? It wasn't her biological father, but it was her it was her dad. So her her phone actually ended up pinging um, because back then, obviously, all they could tell was which towers it was between. So when a cell tower and a cell tower are there, if you're in between those, it will ping there, and that will look then. This was in 2009. Yeah. So we obviously have a lot of it technological advancements. Good job. Thanks. I was trying to practice that word technical and I was like, oh. <laughs> anyway. So 
Um, her phone pinged. So uh, her phone actually um, ended up pinging. It's funny because her hotel, which you would see her walking, her hotel was north, but her um, her phone actually pinged, um, I think it was six miles south. So that's and, a red flag right there too. Yeah, and then it pinged again a couple hours later at a location near the North Santee River, so it, uh, near a highway. So that was 46 miles from where she was last seen. So it pinged the first time in a place called Surfside Beach. And that will come back. So yep. family and friends, obviously, again, we said they, they weighed, uh, made their way down to Myrtle Beach and canvassed the area, handing out flyers. The typical, you know, someone you love is missing. They're trying to bring her home. They're trying and to. And it's a party town. Like there's mm-hmm. like. It's in the middle of break. spring break. Yeah. So. She was just basically a face in the crowd. like Yeah. And so a massive search continued um, at the boat landing where her phone pinged, right outside where her phone pinged in Surfside. And there was around 50 investigators, canines, everyone. Everyone was out. Everyone was involved, right? Everybody yeah. was, they were handing up flyers to every single place that she could have been. But the only people that weren't really involved were the people she was there with, which was really... Obviously, I mean, well, we don't they were know. They pissed off and bitchy. Exactly. So we don't know what really happened there. But the mom actually really suspected that Peter, the guy that she went to go visit, which he was, I guess, basically alibied, but by the guys that he was with. On spring break. On spring break. So um, the mom never believed it because the mom said that um, weeks before Brittany went missing, a friend told her, which... That Peter said that she could he could easily sell Brittany into sex trafficking. Oh God! Which I mean, Peter, Peter, like Peter, who's responsible enough to take her flip flops home, but yeah, but wants to sell her into sex trafficking. So the mom, there's actually an episode of Doctor Phil, which if you guys want to go look at that, from May 2009, and. The mom is like, I know you had something to do with. I know you know more than you're letting on. And, and I Peter know Peter was this. in the episode? Peter's in the episode with his lawyer oh saying, like, God. I wasn't there to babysit, which, again, can come off probably as, like, you're a fucking asshole, Peter. Like, <laughs> yeah. this lady's daughter yeah. is missing, and you're like, I wasn't there to babysit. No, and another thing is him and his friends checked out at 2 o'clock in the morning that night. Oh, that's sus. That is sus. I actually have that in my notes underneath. Sus in in. Like, yeah. Thank you, Kierce. Yeah, thanks, Kierce, for all this really good cool, uh, slang, cool slang. Yeah. So um, that was in, again, she went missing in April, May. They went on Dr. Phil. She had her things about her, but there was still nothing, no leads. So August of 2009, these big, huge digital billboards went up and they started appearing across the Grand Strand, which I'm assuming is the area in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I think it's just like basically Myrtle Beach, the party area is just one big strip that goes mm-hmm. north Ocean Boulevard to south Ocean Boulevard. Yeah. And it just is really long and there's bars all throughout it and mm-hmm. it's, it's like super fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seems yeah. like it's super fun. Um, anywhere you go for spring break is probably fun. It, I don't find it would be fun right now. but No, not now, but at the, that yeah. age, like, oh, God, especially when you're not supposed to be there. That's so fun. That's, like, even more fun. Super. So um, there's nothing. There's no movement. There's no – there's nothing. She vanished. For a long time. For a long time. So the next year, um, Brittany was supposed to graduate, and so mm. she obviously wasn't there to receive her diploma, but her – 
family um, received it. They're awarded it an honorary diploma um, from Chai Lai High School. And it's sad because the worry that a parent has, it's one thing to know, okay, my parent, my, my child has been murdered or my child has been taken or but not to know and like not know what happened to them and not to know like how if they suffered or if they're still alive still suffering or if or they're yeah somewhere being held against their will or yeah, you know and that, I don't a, know how you would even be able to no I don't either have no. sanity Ugh. probably you don't no so like always there were a few local sex offenders thought to be suspects because that's what they always do if a girl goes missing they're they gonna check go the registry check the registry look at people's charges see their you know there's a lot of fucking weirdos. And there's every case we do, it's like there's like a huge list of suspects and it never, doesn't turn out to be any of those weirdos, but sometimes it does. And so um, there, this was 2011 by this time, but nothing really stuck out and nothing would stick because there was no, no evidence linking anybody to yeah, any Yeah, it was cases. like she just vanished like into thin air. Yeah. There was one of the suspects um, was a person of interest, and he had been identified as Raymond Moody of Georgetown County. And so officials said that Moody had a criminal history, and he had served 21 years in prison for charges including forcible rape and kidnapping. He also received a speeding ticket in Surfside Beach the day after Brittany went missing. So that right there seems pretty sus to me it is and they couldn't pin anything on him no and they actually did a search warrant they executed a search warrant at his apartment didn't find anything but um that day mason snyder who was a reporter who worked pretty close with the family on this case he went and he interviewed raymond moody he ambushed him at his job yeah and raymond moody was like you don't get out of here i'm gonna call the police on you and he was like <laughs> he the the reporter's like i got a really chilling feeling from this guy but again, nothing, they didn't find anything from the search warrant. So obviously it's kind of, you know, they, they move on to the next lead. So age progress photos were released um, in 2012, just kind of to let so the- now this is three years. Yeah. So she would have been 21. And so in 2015, the FBI took over Brittany's case. Like it's about fucking time. Yeah. Like they've been, she's been missing for so long. <laughs> So in August of 2016, an FBI agent testified in an open court that they were told by a jailhouse informant, which that's the thing with jailhouse informants, they're in jail. So they're going to try to tell you anything <laughs> to get out of jail or to lessen their or charges. Or they could just be just nice innocent in jail and like perfect. wanting to tell the truth so that. Mm -hmm. So his name was Taquan Brown, and he said that Brittany had been abducted gang raped at a stash house in the McClellanville area, which was south, about 40 miles south of Myrtle Beach. And I so, think a lot of people actually believed that. Like, I think it held did. water for a while. It did. So the agent said that uh, she was allegedly pistol whipped. He, he, Taquan. He said that he witnessed he the witnessed whole this. thing. She was trying to run away. They pistol whipped her. They gang raped her, which I don't know why you would just stand there if someone's being gang raped, but whatever. I guess this guy's, I mean, he's hanging out at a stash house, so. What is a stash? Well, it's like a drug, like a. Oh, a, like, like a, a crack house? Yeah, well, it doesn't have to just be crack, but. Oh, it's yeah. like multiple. It's like multiple, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, they said that, he said that um, she was pistol whipped, shot when she was trying to escape, and her body was then fed to alligators. Oh. 
So he implicated Timothy Deshaun Taylor, who had been actually arrested years prior in an unrelated armed robbery and who would have been 16 at the time of Britney's disappearance. Um, Taylor's father, Sean Taylor, was actually accused of being directly involved also, and he was suspected in an attempted abduction in the same location as where Brittany went missing. Nothing was ever proven in so these. So it all kind of was starting to fit together. Well, yeah, because they were like, well, if your dad kidnapped this girl and then and she was, was in on the pistol whipping and the alligator, exactly, then obviously alligator you probably feeding. have something to do with it too. So the jailhouse informant... Um, Changed his story like 15 times. But the FBI, for them to say that in open court, like this case, that you know, to say that in general, obviously yeah. it's holding some kind of something. Like they, they really think this. Yeah. So he actually, in 2018, because they didn't find any kind of evidence, they didn't, but obviously if they said he's been, she's been fed to alligators, her body will never be found. Yeah. So the jailhouse informant, Quan Brown, actually filed a lawsuit claiming that law enforcement released his statement to various media outlets and yeah, he didn't want he didn't want anyone to know because, no, because now he's a he snitch testifying against were like bad people well now he was saying that there was a bounty on his head and all this stuff so Taquan actually changed his story like i said multiple times over the years so it wasn't very reliable in the first place so it's not like they could charge him with anything anyone and poor britney's mom like hearing all this other stuff mm -hmm. like well, there's, there was like a whole break in the case. Like if you watch 2020, it's like seven years since the disappearance. And now, finally, we know what happened to her. Yeah. So it's really sad. But technological <laughs> technological advancements, advancements um, were actually able to put the cell phone data of where Brittany was when she got into a vehicle. And because... Now, I mean, it is so much more advanced. Mm -hmm. They could tell what speed she was going at. They could clock her walking. Yeah. And then basically, and then know all when she of a in. sudden, she's going fifty-five miles per hour. So they know that's exactly when she got into a car. Mm -hmm. So Angela Voss, who was the girlfriend of once suspect Raymond Moody, like if you guys remember Raymond Moody. Um, she gave a lot of info leading them back to the direction of Raymond Moody. And the police really put the pressure on her in order to get Moody to confess. So she actually wired up. And they also they also found uh, video surveillance of his car and no other cars in mm -hmm. that area. Yeah. So on May 11th, Moody was brought in for questioning and he was actually caught lying about things that he was previously questioned on. So what the police did, what they sometimes do, and they charged him with... Obviously, obstruction. this is not the charge that they are going to go for, yeah. but just something in order for them to keep him there so that they can investigate further. So they charge him with obstruction. May 16th, so that's five days later, the Georgetown County Sheriff announced that human remains that were found in the Harmony Township neighborhood on May 11th were identified as Brittany through dental records. Um, Jimmy Richardson, who is the circuit solicitor, said that a man turned himself in and led them to Brittany's remains, and that's where he, he buried her there. So authorities determined that the kidnapping, rape, and murder occurred in the same day or within 12 hours of Brittany's disappearance. So the sheriff also revealed that Moody, who was identified as a person of interest back in 2011 and again in 2012, yeah. had been arrested and charged with murder kidnapping and first-degree criminal sexual conduct in Britney's case. So obviously now they know it was him because he just led them to her body. So what he said, which 
It's the thing. When somebody is, oh, you guys will see, but when someone is telling, you're the only person that knows what happened. So you can really fucking say whatever you want yeah, to. Yeah, you can. Right? And a lot of the time, they try to make themselves look way yeah, less like, bad, which that doesn't oh, make sense. Oh, it was an accident. But, or... oh, well, well, what he said was um, him and his girlfriend, Angela, had actually driven up to Myrtle Beach to party when they saw Brittany walking down the street and they asked her if she wanted to party and smoke marijuana. Which, I don't know if I believe that because it says she voluntarily got in the vehicle, which again, you see a lot of predators will have either a girl or, you know, that's like Picton. Picton would pick up girls with other girls in the car because you see a girl and And you're like, oh, it's fine. Well, it'll be a fun party. Yeah, it'll be a fun time smoking marijuana. But (laughs) what ended up happening was this is the thing. He said she got in and they just drove down to this campsite that he had um, and just wanted to come with them to a campsite. So he said that... I would have gone to a campsite with random people. You would have probably hitchhiked there. Drexel voluntarily got into the vehicle and he didn't attempt to hurt her anywhere near there. So he said that the three ended up going to the campsite in Georgetown County and at some point in the night... His girlfriend left the campsite to attend to a family member, and that's when Moody came on to Drexel and that they had a consensual sex act happen, which I don't believe that. I don't He's believe like fucking, it either. At this time, he was like 55 years and old. And he looks like he had some sort of fishing accident. Like, well, and like, he, yeah, which if you look at the pictures and the videos of him from 2011 when, he, the, when the reporter went there, he looked not as bad as he does now, but he's still like an old man, and I really, I don't know. To each their own, but yeah. I really don't believe that. Me neither. So, especially because her boyfriend was like young and yeah, and kind of hot. Yeah. So he actually said that she, I guess they they consensually, which I'm doing air quotes, um, had a sex act happen. But when he tried to bring it further, she said no, and that's when he essentially kidnapped her, sexually assaulted her, and he said once he realized what he had done. He was in jail for 20 years, which he served 21 years out of a 40-year sentence for raping seven, kidnapping and raping seven little girls. One of them was eight years old. Yeah. So when that all comes out. Yeah. And so really consensual. I highly doubt it. Yeah. But he said that because, which you hear this a lot, you hear that people get out of jail and then they do the same fucking thing that put them in jail again, but they take it one step further this time and they kill them because they don't want to go back to jail. Yeah. So how about don't fucking do it in the first place? Yeah. But you know what? It's some kind of, and obviously we wouldn't have a podcast if there wasn't guys like this that fucking existed. It's a compulsion, yeah. There's a compulsion that drives them to commit these horrible, heinous offenses that we could never understand. But he pled guilty. So he completely said everything. And the judge sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And so now after 13 years, can you imagine 13 years and no, you have no answers, but now the family has the answers and that's never easy, but I think not knowing, like we've said, is even worse. So October 19th of this year, so that was like three weeks ago, or what day is it? 21st. <laughs> so it was about four, four weeks, weeks ago, um, Raymond Moody pled guilty to kidnapping, rape, and murder of Brittany Drexel, and he's been sentenced to uh, 40 years oh yeah he was sentenced 40 years now he's sentenced to life so hopefully he can't get out ever which 
Again, with the justice system, I don't know. I think this is in the state, so hopefully he will and stay in there forever. And obviously that state, I don't know. But no. That state must not have the, the death penalty because you think no. he would have earned it by now. Exactly. And you know what? There's videos of him in court saying, I was a monster. Yeah. And, now I'm, and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> you've done this like 10 times. Yeah. Obviously the murder, he said ever since the day of the murder, I can't stop thinking about it. But it's like you had 13 years where you could have come clean and said, hey, family of this missing girl that I murdered. This is yeah, what really but happened. Then he was just hoping he would get away with it. I mean, exactly. I'd imagine living your life like that. Some days you're probably like, oh, maybe I am going to get away mm-hmm. with it. Oh, maybe they're coming for me. Like that must be very torturous. Actually, Yeah. And that's why even like people that are living like just lifestyles that are illegal, you see them because they're constantly watching their back and worrying and you see them get like drug addictions or, yeah, you know, psychosis or all this stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of victims in this story because also... Timothy Taylor, or yeah, what is that his name? Timothy Taylor, <laughs> the one who the Taquan said did this and pistol whipped her and fed her to alligators. Like, yeah. where the fuck did that come from? So his mom, Joanne, just asked for like accountability. No one's ever apologized to him. No one's ever, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah. It's just, but there were obviously victim impact statements read in court. And the friend that was going to sell her into sex slavery. Yeah, all these on people. Dr. Phil. Right? And the mom said that on Dr. Phil. But the mom has, I think, apologized. She did say in her well, victim sh- impact statement, like, I'm so sorry to anyone now that we know. And, yeah. you know, this is what, what has happened to Brittany. And, yeah, so just don't lie to your parents about where you go. PSA for this episode, don't always your parents are never actually against you for the 14-year-old listener that we have that Oh, we have a 14-year-old listener. Yeah, she said like I it was a cute little comment like I'm 14 and I listen. I'm probably not allowed, which maybe I'll hold back on the F bombs a little bit, but whatever. I was fucking dropping Fuck, F-bombs. whatever. You told Kira sure. swear in his room. <laughs> swear in your room, Kira. <laughs> Just like me. But yeah, so that was a case of uh, Brittany Drexel, which was unsolved for a really long time. But there has been justice uh, for her family. Um, I mean, is there really ever, you know, it's... it's No, I mean, that's that's life altering for the rest of your life. And I'm really sorry they had to go through that. Well, and think about the mom. Like, imagine how, I mean, you can imagine, you can really vividly imagine how mad you are at your kid. Like, what the fuck? You're going to put yourself in this position after I told you. You know, there's so many times my mom said to me, like, I don't want you to go to this because I have a bad feeling. And now mother's intuition is, I think, the strongest intuition you can have. Just knowing, you know, like, I don't want you to go here. And then something super traumatic happens to you in my case, you know, and then after it's like you have to live with the the repercussions of that night or that event when yeah. it's like I should have just fucking listened to my mom and hung out I mean now I want to hang out with my mom every minute of the day and she's always like Ugh, I'm busy but <laughs> you know I'm busy on Bumble but no I mean you know at that age like you said like your parents are so fucking annoying and like <laughs> you they don't know what they're talking about and they're stupid and you know all this stuff but your parents always want what's best for you they and do. And yeah. one day you'll be a parent and you'll get karma. So just fucking think about that. We're yeah, about to watch Danica go through it. Yeah, because karma's a bitch if you are and I was a cunt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, yeah, well, that was episode 41. So, um, yeah, keep, again, a, keep the comments coming. Keep them coming because we love it. Um, yeah, for all of you guys, thanks for being extra patient for the plague that I had last week. It was... 
it was great. It was, yeah. I've, I promise, you know, we're going to do our two episodes a month soon. Every two weeks we will yeah. do it. We just got, it's like life keeps throwing shit at me, especially with all these kids I keep well, having. you have kids. Yeah. I, on the other hand, could just record by myself. With once your taser, yeah. Like once a day with my taser and my bear spray <laughs> my vape. Oh, yeah, her vape is a bear. I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't tried to hit your vape in here. It's probably... Oh. <laughs> well, anyway. I want to get kicked out of the studio. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Dad would tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much yep. for tuning in on whatever yes. platform you tune in on. Like and always, yes. this has been Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother. And we will see you. Well, you guys will see us in like four weeks. Love you guys. 